welcome to the Practical Research Parenting Podcast. Here's your host, Nicole Weeks. We have another great interview with Ashley from Nurture and Thrive blog today. This time we're discussing bedtime struggles. Please do check out the show notes at www.practicalresearchparenting.com forward slash bedtime struggles or one word for some great resources, including things that came up during the interview and a video talking about the potential causes of and solutions to bedtime struggles. Here's the question I asked Ashley. Why is my 21-month-old Nadalene going to sleep? She's not difficult in the least. We just got accustomed to upstairs, bed, stories, asleep. Now it's still happy and pleasant at night, but the process is becoming longer. Tonight it was an hour. She lays down, closes eyes, and then randomly sits up and either attempts to start a conversation, asks for milk, or just grumbles. There are exceptions, however. When she instigates bedtime, she goes up, self-tucks, says night, and goes to sleep. I love those nights. (laughs) I would love those nights, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, a great question. And I think, again, one we can all relate to, right? Yeah. Um, So... You know, this is, and all of these questions, you know, I want to ask follow-up questions of the person who, who asked the question. Yeah. Um, but um, one of the things that I always think of first when um, you start having uh, trouble with children, you know, going to sleep at night is maybe their bedtime needs to change, right? That's right. kind of like the first thing I always think about because, you know, kids grow and develop, they might need to go to bed a little bit earlier or a little bit later. And sometimes it's hard to tell which it is, right? right? Is she not settling down to go to sleep because she's not tired enough? Um, or is she overtired? Yeah. Right. Um, and so I would say first observe her and kind of keep track of when does she start showing, you know, some of the typical signs that she might be getting tired, you know, rubbing her eyes, slowing down a little bit, and then think, is this earlier or later than usual? And when we think about changing children's bedtimes, we're usually talking about, you know, just about 20 minutes, 20 minutes later or 20 minutes earlier than when they usually go to bed. Um, and, And then you might extend that interval a little bit, um, but if you overshoot it, then it kind of compounds the problem. Yeah. So that's kind of always my first question. Um, has her need for sleep changed, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of developmentally. Um, maybe she's napping less and so she needs to go to bed a little bit earlier or dropped her nap for example, and needs to go to bed a little bit earlier than usual, or maybe something else has changed or she's just gotten older and she needs to go to bed a little bit later. Um, so that's one thing. Um, but then the other thing is, you know, she, her daughter is just getting to the two year mark. Mm -hmm. And of course we see that self-assertion and, um, right. And that wanting to, um, you know, be independent and, and have a self of a sense of agency and assert control over situations that yeah. we see in two and three. So what we talked about um, earlier. Um, so it may be that this is, you know, going to bed and, and 
and, you know, them waking up or sitting up and asking for milk and so on is her way of asserting her control over the situation. Mm. Um, I, I thought it was really interesting because, um, in the, in the question, she said that at other times when her daughter self initiates bedtime, mm. you know, it all goes smoothly and she goes to bed um, very easily. And so is that because she's initiated it and she's kind of controlled the situation or is it because she's doing that because she's tired, which mm. shows an incredible amount of self-awareness for a 21 month old, right? Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Um, so, so it could be that um, as well. So mm. I would recommend first looking at her bedtime and second, helping her find ways to always feel like she's in control of bedtime, right? Yeah. Um, and so, for example, having a bedtime routine. Mm. Um, so she says that, um, you know, upstairs bed stories and asleep so you know you might want to just make a little chart or something like that and then say to your daughter um okay what's the first thing we do when we get ready for bed um, oh I forgot what's the next thing and then as they're guiding it they feel like they're the ones who are is initiating the whole process yeah, I've been really looking forward to using that technique actually and I just implemented it with Xander and I was surprised because he didn't seem to he didn't seem to feel like he was controlling it or maybe it was the way I presented it because mm-hmm. I, I was asking what's the first thing on the list and what's the second thing on the list and what's next and that sort of thing and I think by me pushing so much he actually still found it frustrating like I was trying to control the process mm-hmm. so I wonder yeah I wonder if there's a better way of working with the charts yeah you yeah. can do it like a song kind of right. and you know with, you know sing all the steps but then make it playful and forget the next step okay right. yeah yeah so you know um oh, you know, I forgot what comes next, you know, sing the little song and then forget it and and make it really playful. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. And they're like, brush teeth. And hopefully then they're excited to brush their teeth. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, maybe a song or forgetting or that kind of thing. And it also, it might, it might feel like that at first, but as they get more comfortable with it, they'll feel more in control of it. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting. Research shows that with um, bedtime routines and sleep, it's a dose-dependent relationship. So for children who have had a bedtime routine that's consistent for longer, right. um, they have better sleep and reduce night wakings, um, and reduce bedtime stall techniques and so on. Mm. Um, then children who have not had a consistent bedtime routine. Um, so the earlier and the more often you yeah. stick with that bedroom routine, the better it pays off. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So it's one of those things. And that was a, a big, uh, big study. 
I can't remember the sample size, but huge. Yeah. Um, drawing that, that, um, that research from, um, but it's kind of one of those things that it's worth, worth investing the time and effort in because it will pay off eventually. Right. And it's something that you persist with. It's not something you try and then go, ah, it didn't work. You need to persist for it to actually take better effect. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, Children with an, you know, a consistent bedtime routine had fell asleep faster, had an earlier bedtime, had fewer night wakings, and slept longer than children who did not have a regular bedtime routine. Yeah, and yeah, the more consistent and the earlier the bedtime routine was started, you know, the better were those effects were. Yeah, right. And is that earlier in their life as opposed to early in yes. the night? earlier in their life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's one of those things that will pay off with time and it, I would make it as playful as possible and, you know, um, put them in control as much as I can. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing I would say is, um, maybe incorporating a massage, into the bedtime routine and it doesn't have to be a long massage at all or some kind of relaxation exercise. There's a a study that showed that um, children who were massaged uh, for about 15 minutes before bedtime Mm -hmm. fell asleep faster and engaged in fewer bedtime stall tactics than children Mm -hmm. who read a story. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And there were other effects too, leading to, um, better, uh, cognitive attention during the day. Um, probably because they were sleeping better. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it kind of had a, a couple of, you know, uh, multiple effects mm. um, on, on child behavior, which is great. And again, these things are cumulative, right? If your yeah. child is getting really good sleep, they're going to be better regulated. Yeah. Right. And if they're better regulated, they're going to be able to do so many more things and um, be more positive and so on and so forth. Yeah. Sleep is so important for, for kids functioning and adult functioning. Mm-hmm. You realize when you don't get much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So those are the two main things I, w- I would say is, Um, you know, check her, her bedtime, um, try to make the bedtime routine something that's consistent and that she can feel in charge of. Um, another way to do that is to have like one of those toddler clocks, um, you know, clocks that change color when it's time to go to bed and when it's time to wake up. Mm. So it's the clock that's kind of saying it's time for bed, not you. Right. And kids love these kinds of things. You know, they don't think about it kind of in the same way that we do. You know, they're like, oh, my clock turned blue. It's it's time for bad. You know, oh, we you know, it's story time. We're running out of time for stories. We've got to finish this up quickly. Yeah. You know, they they it's not this abstract concept of time for bed. Well, who's Mm. to say it's time for bed? You, (laughs) you know, yeah, especially at age two and three, right? It's, you know, time is so abstract for them, right? Mm. Um, and it's just you as the parent asserting, you know, that it is time for bed, right? Yeah. Whereas if 
have this external tool that they can read and understand, then again, it kind of puts the, empowers them, right? Mm. In, in feeling like they are part of this and engaged in this process, even if they're not, you know, completely the ones in control of it or leading it, that they're, um, you know, really engaged in the process and part of it and part of directing it. Right. Yeah. Um, a lot of people get the toddler clocks to keep their kids in bed because, you know, you can set it to, um, not turn, um, back to yellow or daylight hours until, you know, 7am or whatever time they should get out of bed. But I think it's just as useful as part of the bedtime routine. Yeah. Um, cause it helps with that, you know, abstract notion of time and, and all. So yeah. I think it can serve that dual purpose. Yeah. It also, with um, changing seasons and it being later, lighter, longer, it's, here it's getting lighter, later in the right. night. It, it means the right. cue can be the clock rather than the sun. Yes. I hadn't thought about that, but that's a good point. Mm. Something else that I've come across for um, kids sort of struggling to go to bed um, with sort of this behavioural asserting independence thing is the get-out-of-bed-free tickets. Have you heard of those? No, I haven't. They basically give your child two or three tickets um, for get-out-of-bed-free and then they use them up during the night so they can use one for to get a cup a drink of water and then another one might be a hug and then when they use their last one up then that that's it they can they can't use up any more tickets um so i haven't actually implemented it myself and seen it work but i think it it just basically provides a physical way of saying this is how many times you can ask for something during the night yeah, that's a really good one too. Again, it makes it more concrete. Yeah. yeah something exactly. that they feel like that they can direct. Yeah. Right. And it, all of these things where, um, hopefully, all of these things where you have like the bedtime routine, the toddler clock, or um, the get out of bed free ticket, mm. they're all um, ways. Oh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate it when that happens. I had something there. Um, yeah, it's gone. I'll let you know if I think of it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know what I was going to say. Or ways of giving the power back to the child or giving them a sense of independence or no? Yeah. It's yeah. Getting, I mean, the, yeah. yeah, they are all ways of, you know, giving that back to the child making it concrete. That's not what I was going to say though, but yeah. something along those lines. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> it's getting late for you there, I guess. What, what time is it now? Yeah. Uh, 9.45. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be forgetting things at that time of night too. <laughs> yeah. uh, I want to say it was something really good. I was going to say, but I don't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you've said has been wonderful. It's going to be such oh, a great. Good series thank of podcasts. You. I think people will find them so helpful. So thank you so much. No, thank, thank you. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, it's been great to talk to you and hear your voice, although I've heard it on your podcast before. but Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's been great to hear yours too.
Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have been surprised by the American accent, but... <laughs> I know, it is always surprising, isn't, isn't it? it? It's funny. <laughs> well, thank you for this opportunity. I'm excited to hear it, although I hate hearing my voice. <laughs> I know, I know, me too. It doesn't too. sound like anything, you know, it sounds completely different to me, you know? And then when I hear my voice rec- recorded, I'm like, wait, is that me? Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I'm sort of getting used to it with doing all these podcasts, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would be good practice. Yeah. I'm sure that I said, you know, you know, like a million times, but right. that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you sounded great to me. So. Oh, good. Well, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it'll be awesome. Okay. Well, that's been really lovely. Yeah. And these were really good questions. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Well, this is this is great and i look forward to keeping up with you on your blog and awesome yeah me too on yours yeah yeah Yeah. thank you all right well take care nicole yeah you too okay Okay. bye Bye. so you can find more of ashley's great insight at nurtureandthriveblog.com also please check out the show notes at practicalresearchparenting.com forward slash bedtime struggles You can sign up to download my bedtime chart, find a link to toddler clocks, and check out the video for more insight into bedtime struggles. I thought I'd finish by asking Xander, my three-year-old, about bedtime struggles. So, sometimes it's time for bed and you don't go to sleep. Is it sometimes hard to go to sleep? Hmm. Hmm. What makes it hard, do you think? Scary things. Oh, the scary things. Like what? The scary things look like with with eyes and scary eyes and scary bumpy. Oh, is that sometimes what you what you think of when you're trying to sleep? And you. You see those and and you say you time for sleep. Oh, I see. That would be difficult to fall asleep if you're thinking of scary things. What could you think of instead? You could think of mummy. That's a good idea. Mummy is not there. No. I'm glad of that. Asking Xander turned out to be a very useful strategy. Uh, When we went into his room, he showed us what was so scary. It was the eyelets on the curtains that he thought looked looked like scary eyes. And when you pull them across, they it has a bumpy head and you could see them as looking like uh, lots of series of eyes of bugs. Um, And I can see how he could see that. So tonight we went up and... Tim proved that they weren't, in fact, eyes because he poked them in the eyes and he said, well, if they were eyes, they would have gone, ouch, but they didn't go, ouch, so therefore they weren't eyes.